When you have hair loss, it can be such a scary and deceivingly lonely place. But you know what? You're not alone. You are here with me. Welcome to the Alternative Hair Alchemist podcast. Hi, I'm Deborah Heim. I am a certified alternative hair specialist, a wig boutique owner, and wig wearer myself due to alopecia. And this is my tell it like it is take on all things alternative hair. I also happen to be a certified confidence coach, so I'm going to be sprinkling in some mindset hacks for good measure. So take a deep breath, sit back and relax, and listen to my favorite ways and my best advice on how I help others and help myself to rock that alternative hair. We're going to drop that shame and stigma. What is that about anyway? Now, let's do this. Well, hello, everybody. This is Deborah, and you're listening to the Alternative Hair Alchemist. And for this week's episode, I'm going to talk briefly about each type of wig cap. You know, your classic, your mono, all of that. And I hope to also put in the Wise Wig Advice group on Facebook, which you can find attached to the Very Best Little Hair House page. I will try and do a little video short showing you these cap types and the differences because it's kind of hard to explain just by sound alone. However, if I can make you understand it this way, it might stick in your memory and click a little bit when you actually start to look and get used to the different types of wig caps. And I'll tell you quite honestly that when I opened my shop, even though I had known on paper what the differences were, and then I went to John Renault Core and Hair You Wear, and I knew the technically the differences, it really was only after like a good two years of handling wig after wig, putting them on different heads, that I got to really learn what the difference is. So, if it isn't making any sense and you're kind of early on, just give it some time. And really, the best way to learn what works for you is by wearing it. I give this example quite a bit. People, for the most part, are convinced that lace front is quote-unquote better. However, there are some people that have sensitive skin and cannot wear lace fronts because they find it itchy and there's all different types of lace. So, you know, sometimes what works for other people may not work for you. And really the best way to find out is to try it. But before I get into that, I do want to say I have one of the coolest clients ever. She first came to me when she was five, and she's turning six now. So she had come, her mother had brought her to me last summer about this time because she was about to start kindergarten, and she had alopecia areata. So we worked on finding her some hair to go to school with. And I was like kind of thrilled, but also scared at the opportunity to help somebody that young get used to wigs. So I thought about it quite a bit. And then I thought, well, 
I'm going to talk to her just the way I feel about them. And that is that it's exciting to wear wigs. It is fun to wear wigs. And I felt it was a pretty big responsibility to educate her and also her mother that wigs don't have to be like something that you dread. But chances are, if you're listening to this podcast, you don't dread them. However, even experienced wig wearers seem to have a little bit of shyness about admitting they wear a wig. And this little client is cool. I've heard stories. She, First of all, she has a synthetic that she wears most of the time. But we were also able to hook her up with children with hair loss.us, which provides to, I think, anybody under 18, if they qualify with a medical diagnosis of hair loss with a custom-made human hair wig that was just gorgeous. But she is comfortable enough with wigs that when she gets hot, she'll be on the bus, I'm hot, and just take her wig off or what have you. But I just think that is so cool. And if we could all be a little more like that, you know, leave it to the kids. They adjust the easiest. But anyway, an amazing example. And her mother took to it well also. I've got to say, I see some mothers that come with the clients that are having hair loss and their own fear or dread of wig can kind of really shade whether or not the client, the patient, whatever you want to say. I always use the word patient because I'm still a nurse, you know, for 35 years. But you get the idea. Sometimes your attitude can can make the person with hair loss either accept it or not, or it lean toward that. So, you know, I think it's really important for people that are relatives of people that have hair loss and have to wear wigs to, you know, be cool about it. So anyway, venturing into wig caps, your first and most basic type of cap is called classic. Now this one is constructed kind of with more like a felt or a soft material There won't be any lace front, but for the most part, if you're wearing even a little bit of a bang on your forehead, you really can't tell a lot of the times. Now, the benefits, main benefits of a classic cap is usually they are more economical just because, you know, the production of them is a little bit less, so they tend to be more cost-effective, but also some people like them for the comfort. Now, depending on who makes the classic cap wig, though, the drawback I see is some of them can be pretty thick, which can end up heating you up, and I see this a lot of the times with classic caps that are on the lower end of the spectrum. But you can tell a lot about how a wig is going to feel on your head simply by holding it on your hand and just, you know, giving it a bounce or two. You can see once you start to wear wigs, you'll be able to tell if something is really thick on top, if it's heavy. And some people like that, though. Your big hair crowd is kind of cool with, you know, more hair. So it's an individual preference. And just like any wig out there, there are good classic caps and there are bad classic caps. So, you know, again, it's a learning experience and trial and error. 
But your reputable brands, you are going to find, like, say, a Tony of Beverly Classic Cap, a whole world of difference from something that you would get, you know, for 5 to $10 on an internet company. But I'm not saying that your 5 or $10 wig isn't worth it to try, because I'll tell you, one of the ways I make my better wigs last is to wear the cheaper ones like around the house or for my, you know, the wig that takes the brunt of work or your work wig or what have you. You can really extend the wear of your better wigs by alternating them with the lesser cost wigs. And when you go with the lesser cost wigs, it's a good way to try a new look or a new color without, you know, breaking the bank. And now the next one I'll talk about is your lace front wig. Now you can have a lace front wig that is going to just have lace across the front for about an inch and still have more of the classic cap construction without uh, the ability to skin part it, if that makes sense. So there are all different types of lace fronts. There are some that have a mini lace front, which is there is only like a small triangle of lace on either one side or the other so that you do get that little bit of a hairline appearance. Again, sometimes a mini lace front is just a tiny area of lace, but if that's what's going to give you the most confidence, then go for it. Some of the wigs are coming out now with an extended lace front, which means the lace will go from ear tab to ear tab. And this is important if you pull your hair back or you like to wear it behind the ear. This way you have that hairline look from ear to ear. So you will get that with an extended lace front. You're also going to get that with hand tied or a full lace. Just in general, any type you've got a full lace or a hand tied base, to me, it is going to be the most realistic looking like hair that you can get. And if this isn't confusing enough, I'm going to start to talk about the mono part. Now, generally, that means if you have a mono part wig, the only area that is going to look like scalp when you part it is that one inch or so area where the part is. Now, when you have a mono part wig, the part will be fixed on one side. So that is something you need to pay attention to when you're looking at a picture of a wig or even trying it on. Be aware of what side you part your hair on because if you're looking at a wig and it is a mono part wig, it's not going to do you any good if you're used to parting your hair on the other side. So, you know, that's something to keep in mind. When you get a full mono top, that's going to give you the ability to part on either side, part in the middle. And to me, I find not only is the parting versatility better on it, it seems to lay flatter than any just mono part area. For whatever reason, I guess it's the flexibility of the, the base you can get your mono tops or your hand tied, which is essentially a full mono wig, to lay the flattest. And you may not think it's that big of a difference, but I can tell you after posting pictures for like 
three years since I've been learning to wear the hand tied or the full mono wigs. Almost every wig that I get compliments on in pictures is either full mono or hand tied. So sometimes when you're looking at a wig and you think, oh, well, it's so much more expensive, how big of a difference can it really make? I can tell you that yes, indeed, when you get the right one, it does make the difference. So, you know, go ahead and splurge on yourself at least once because every woman deserves to have something that just makes them feel great when they wear it. Now, the other thing you want to look at if you're reading the wig description and it says it is a mono part wig, look really closely at that mono part because I've seen some pretty bad looking ones. In order to keep the cost of the construction of the wig down, they do things, you know, like the, the easier way. And sometimes I have seen mono appearing parts that have like a bead of glue running down it. So in the picture, it looks like it's laying real nice, but then when you take it out of the box, so... You know, just be aware that that could happen. But if you do get one like that, it's not the end of the world. I do know that you can take a Sharpie sometimes, color that glue in, and get it to be at least camouflaged a little bit better. And I'm all about doing whatever you can to make your wig work. Now, similar to the classic cap, and also sometimes essentially the same thing as far as I'm concerned as a wig wearer, is what they call an open cap. Generally, open cap, classic cap, those are going to have wefts of hair, rows of hair. So, you know, when you see those words, that's what that means. Now, back to my favorite of all wigs, hand tied. That is going to be your most comfortable. Take it from me. It fits your head the closest just because what it's made out of is so light. Now, if you're wondering why they're so expensive, it's because every hair is tied on to that entire thing by hand. And every hand tied wig, it takes 40 hours, according to John Renault, to produce one. So that's why the cost is so much higher. Because I don't know about you, but you couldn't pay me any amount of money to tie an entire hair on an entire wig. I know there are people that do that. My heart goes out to you. And I thank you as a wig wearer. But, you know, I think it's amazing that they can even do that at the price that they are. I'll be an advocate for the cost of a hand-tied wig. To me, like I said, it's totally worth it. And that is not to be a statement about any amount of money that anybody makes. Seriously, I worked part-time with $10 an hour, and I still, when wearing alternative hair became that important to me, I found it became a priority, and then sooner or later, you know how when you have a priority, you can always find the money for it or manifest the money for it. And that's the one thing. If you are into the woo in manifesting, well, then you know when you're vibrating at a very high level how much better life goes for you in general. And I will tell you, if you're feeling really great about your alternative hair, your manifesting powers will be greatly enhanced. 
So anyway, I hope that this episode, in combination with the video, which I will also try and put on YouTube, will help you if you're wig shopping and you don't have somebody to explain it to you as you go along. The one thing I do want to say about some of the wig companies that I see is when they write the description of the wig, they use all kind of terms that they've just essentially like made up that, I mean, I like the word word salad, like especially with the human hair wigs. If you read that closely, you can't even be sure that you're really getting human hair. They start using words like real hair and stuff like that. And as far as like the white labeling companies, they will make a wig sound like so exclusive when it's really just the terms that they've made up. So what you need to remember is trust the person that you're giving your money to. And if nothing else, you can always book an alternative hair consult with me online, and I'll be glad to tutor you personally during the session, or even better yet, come on into my shop. I have people that drive quite a bit away. I work by appointment. Um, we go up for an hour. I don't, I write everything down for you if you want to go back and shop the internet. One of my values is to make sure I educate the people that come to my shop because I opened it to help empower women to understand because I remember myself how hard wig shopping was before I opened my own shop. So anyway, I hope I've said something this week that's helped you. I've gone on for a little bit longer than I normally do. So thank you for listening and until next week, peace, love, and alternative hair. If you enjoyed this episode, you might like working with me one-on-one -on -one even better. You can check out the options at debraheim.com. You can find my shop at verybestlittlehairhouse.com. And don't forget my Wise Wig Advice and Support Group, also on Facebook. I'd love to hear from you. But until next time, peace, love, and alternative hair.